0: Let's go. This is Dubas' team. It is the best team. Are you guys (laughs)
1: disrespecting my fourth line? I love that fourth line more than my daughter.
0: Scoring-wise, totally
1: unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed or we're not going anywhere.
2: Do you know what's better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, yeah. which is what he's getting
0: with Mitch Marter. I think you guys are crazy. Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Leafs cast with Stephen, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs cast.
2: We're loving the preseason. Hockey's back.
1: Officially, hockey is back. I was. Thinking- I've been trying
0: to tell everyone that I know, you know, like the Leafs won last night, and they're like, "Right, it's preseason; it doesn't matter." And I respond, "The Leafs won <laughs> last night." They don't seem to grasp the importance of this.
1: Well, what's important? Like, w- we're back, though. Our emotions are back. Whatever, whatever. When you listen to the uh, the playoff recaps and stuff like that, whatever negativity was in our voice, like our brains have. Like, like you know, just forgotten all about that, and we're 100% back in on this team. We're so basic. We're so like they, they have I, me once again. I've I've started
2: watching the the All or Nothing series, which we're going to do a full episode recap on once uh, once we're done. But it, watching those games, like man. I remember when hockey used to be fun. It's so <laughs>
0: fun. Winning games is so fun. I, I, I am dying for the regular season to start again. When, when is it? Like a week? Two weeks? October, October 8th, the, uh, 13th.
1: Man, October 13th. So 11 days away, 12 days away, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to be back into action, you know, doing our, our, our shows. And it's going to be so I'm so pumped to get back into regular hockey, hockey night in Canada on Saturdays. Inject all of this into my veins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, welcome right. back to the Leafs Cast, though. Steven Douglas here, joined by a couple of bearded, handsome Allison boys, Tim and Ryan Allison. That's us. So, this week, since we, we've got a little bit of tape on these new guys, right? We did a podcast uh, about a month ago after free agency talking about here's the new bodies in the building. This is what we think they might be. Well. We're three games into the season or the preseason, and we're going to talk about what we've seen from the new guys and some of the familiar faces on the squad and just just kind of geek out about some geek out about Michael Bunting. Uh, we're going to title <laughs> this one three white males geek out about Michael Bunting. For... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's probably going to be a pretty <laughs> accurate title. Here's um, the thing: Michael Bunting is actually a rookie. He's like misses all the cutoffs like so slightly, but he could win the Calder trophy this year. And not that we're (laughs) jumping to conclusions after three preseason games. Save it. (laughs)
1: Save it for the segment. We got uh, one bit of housekeeping uh, before uh, we 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 get into that, and it's on Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe, what happened this week? Hit me with it, Tim. He signed a
2: two-year extension. He was going to be UFA after this year, and he's locked in.
0: Is the, is the term UFA when you're talking about it for a coach? I don't think that's the right term. <laughs> unemployed. <laughs> yeah, unemployed <laughs> is the right term.
1: <laughs> Get another Toronto man out of work. That's no, what it appar-
0: is. Apparently, he, this was done a while ago, and it just wasn't, I guess, leaked to the public until very recently. But this wasn't like it, it was just signed ink to paper. It was done a little bit ago, earlier in the offseason. And now we're hearing about it. Two years extension for Kiefer. What, what do you guys think of it?
1: Well, my, my first reaction was, wait a minute. Sheldon Keith's been the Maple Leafs head coach for two years. Because it, <laughs> it, it's been a weird two years, right? With the couple of shortened seasons and, and COVID and stuff like that. But um, you can't coach the team without a contract, right? That's what Tim, you said uh, from <laughs> Money Mo-
2: Moneyball says it best. You know what? A one year, uh, <laughs> if your co- contract's expiring, it says no confidence. Can't do that.
1: Mm-hmm, Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll give you my first reaction that I don't think it means anything because I think that Sheldon Keith's job is no more secure. It's just that he's, lo- he's locked up for next year. But I, th- I think that if the Leafs continue to struggle and there's uh, another early playoff exit or just things don't go as according to plan, it, him being let go is totally on the table. Who, who was the coach in the, the um, oh gosh, in the late 2000s that got fired right after signing the extension? Oh my! Gosh. Oh, not not with the Leafs. Uh, oh, I don't remember. But any anyway, that I don't know. That's my first thought. Like it seem it seems weird, right? That because because playoff success, Sheldon Keith has not brought the Leafs there. But then when you look at so many regular season statistics since he's taken over, the Leafs are one of the best teams in the NHL.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think I look at it a little bit differently. I think it does mean something, like the fact that you're trying to remember the last coach who was fired right after sending their ex- signing their extension. And it was in the late two thousands, like over a decade ago. And you can't even remember the guys. It, it doesn't happen. Like the, the fact that they signed this contract, I, I think means that he is safe sure. this year. And now, now it's different than like, he signed a five-year extension. It's still a two-year contract. It's a show me contract. It's a, let's see what you got.
2: But I think so what, him and Dubas have bought themselves two more years. That's what I think. It's so what people are kind of like wondering about, they say like, how long is Dubis's contract with the Leafs go to? Does Dubis have two years left on his deal? In which case, like now Dubis and Keith are aligned. Do we I not know? know? No. They, That's they not go. public information? No, only <laughs> NHL salaries are, but not NHL GMs. Even like coaches salaries, like they're not always public. But well, like all for they-
0: all we know, Dubis is walking after this season because his contract is over correct
1: well ryan what? i just i, mean, wanna, we, I we didn't want to call would, you out but you're i feel like we would be, know that ryan but. you're supposed to be our boots on the ground reporter guy you let the fact that keith signed this contract like a month ago you had no idea you don't even know what dubis's contract is you're kind of letting down the pod here a little. Bit. i'm slipping i'm slipping and i didn't want to bring it up but you bring it up that we don't That's know this fair. information you need to learn this information come back for the next episode of the pod ryan will have that information
0: all right i'll do some research
1: um, I guess just another thought Anyways. on the the Keefe extension is that I I think we can all agree that if the Leafs once again struggle, not to keep it negative, but if the Leafs once again struggle and this season and playoffs don't go as according to plan, something's going to change. So to me, this kind of says that maybe it isn't Keefe and it's it's gonna be players, right? Rather yeah. than management and coach. Yeah, I agree. Where where otherwise like it would have felt like it would have been, yeah, coach and management keep players in the building. So it shows that we know nothing, right? We know nothing <laughs> about um, is Sheldon Keefe safe or not? And we had a mailbag question about that last week. And I'm sure it's all over TSN. You know, I don't know, You guys get anything else about the Keefe extension?
2: After watching one episode of All or Nothing, my opinion of Keefe has gone up. So I like the extension.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. So let's get, in, let's get into the topic this week. It's kind of like a, a Maple Leafs, off-season review, you know the free agents, a, a critical second look because the first look is you're seeing these guys in other sweaters and oh, what could they maybe bring to the Leafs? Well, now we've seen we've seen everybody in a Leaf sweater um, mm-hmm. as far as the free agents go, and I've seen some stuff that I like. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit excited. Um, what are you Leafs fan? I, of course, you're excited. I did drink my coffee out of a uh, Austin Matthews mug. Uh, <laughs> I was like getting ready for the pod. Who who were you guys excited to see before these games started, right? Like give me give me a couple of names you guys were most excited to see. It could be well, free agents or uh, existing players on the roster.
2: I mean, part part of me was just because like I know the leafs were really high, uh, high and heavy last year, and obviously we lost Hyman. So I I was really interesting to see who it would be that slot it slot in at those uh, those top lines. So Nick both Nick Ritchie and Michael Bunting were kind of my top two guys. And then mm-hmm. I mean, Nick Robinson just says we're so desperate to see more of Nick Robertson. Uh, so chalk him up as well. It was my three. Ryan, who if, I were to,
0: if I were to pick one, I, I was probably most excited by the Michael Bunting signing over the offseason. And, you know, obviously I, I haven't really watched Michael Bunting in any of his games that he was in Arizona, <laughs> but just for like everything that the media was saying about him and everything I knew about him it'd be like, and, and how little he was making and that he took less to be here and everything about him was just like, Oh, I can't wait to see that guy and watching him play and get all these goals. Like this guy is the king of projected seasons. You know, his like 10 goals and 20 games the last year. And now he's at four goals in two preseason games. Like it is fun watching that guy have success. But you know what my favorite part of Michael Bunting is? It's not actually the goals he's scoring. It's how like, feisty he's getting into it after the whistle's called pushing guys around in front of the net i know in an interview keith said you know he's always the most hated player on the ice and we're we like having that guy on our team instead of playing against him it's like yes let's get some of that let's get some feistiness get you
2: shades of nazem kadri
0: but like nazem kadri without charging a man's head against the boards that's what i want
1: (laughs) um so so mine Nicky Robb was my number one. I know he's not a free agent. He's been here, but uh, just to see him get more game action against, you know, some NHL caliber players. That was my uh, number one. Andre case was my number two, because I think he's mm-hmm. the most, he's the most Sorry. interesting. What
2: case? Oh my it God. Case. Case. Kasha.
1: Have we actually,
0: <laughs> they're saying Kasha on the broadcast. So I think uh, we go with that.
1: Andre Kasha. Um, just because t- t- to me, he's like, he's the unicorn because we just, he hasn't played as many games and we have no idea what role he's going to fit in on the Leafs. So I was excited to see, see him. And then Michael Bunting was number three, just because he's again, a, a polarizing guy. Um, so let's, I, I guess maybe we just do a round table discussion, pick out a couple of things that we thought about the three games. So um, the Leafs are, are doing great in the preseason so far. It matters a lot. Uh, we're three and oh, no, wait, sorry. We're two and one. There I'm you go. About that, <laughs> <Glad> <laughs> <about> the- <laughs> I like I that saying. classic Leafs fan. Yeah. We win every game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're the best. Um, yeah. Let's just, let's just talk about it. Like what do you, what did you guys take away from those couple of games?
0: Uh, three, very, very different games. Game one and two, we had more of our regular roster players that were in the games. Game three was very much the, the rookie show me game uh but even game one and two were very different like game one we were we were like men amongst Mm -hmm. boys out there we looked so dominant and then you flip that around in game two all of a sudden they were the men amongst boys I i don't think we looked very good in game two at all and i don't know if that's the the players that were playing and or i don't know it it's uh it was fun watching game one though we we looked very good out there
2: yeah, and it's good seeing. I mean, this isn't necessarily the, the the newcomers, but it's just good to see John Tavares playing hockey again. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, yes.
0: And but I gotta say, every time I saw him, like get knocked over or fall on his knees or something. I don't know. Maybe it's like PTSD, but like I, I gasped every time I was like, Oh, get up, please get up. But he got that, that first goal early on. So that was really nice to see him get that. I forgot about that.
1: It, it that is. Nice. It is shocking every time in the preseason, just to, to be reminded the difference in talent between the Mitch Marners and William Nylanders and John Tavares's of the world versus, you know, Artem Zub or whoever else, right, is on the <laughs> opposition. You, you know what I mean? Like like, like seeing William Nylander, like, one hand on his stick essentially weave through entire, entire teams is, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I, I guess one takeaway that I had, uh, especially in the first game, is the hustle from a lot of these guys. Hmm. I, I, I was looking at just some of the work these guys are putting in, like, guys, this is preseason, and we're talking about, like, like players like, you know, Ilya Mikheyev, right? Guys that technically already have a roster spot. But I think that to a degree, um, Dubas with the signings that he's made, and I'm, I'm sure it's Keith as well, they've created this really great uh, atmosphere where everybody does feel like they need to work for the, the spot that they want, right? There's really only about four guys, especially on offense, that know where they're going to be lining up on night one. And everybody else looks hungry for those extra spots. So, like, I really like seeing the hustle out of Ilya Mikheyev. I really like seeing the hustle out of Josh Hosang. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we did, we haven't mentioned them, but, like, both Josh
2: Hosang and, and uh, Gusev are two players that don't actually have contracts. They've looked pretty good. Yeah, I like I, Gusev. He looks good. I don't know. like, and, and Hosang has looked really good offensively. Maybe not as good defensively, but, I mean, like, that's that's not new he's just gal gal 2.0 or maybe <laughs> 0.8 but um yeah i don't that's the thing it's like I, I like them but like they have quite the log jam in front of them i don't know like maybe they sign a deal and we try and sneak them through waivers but
0: i don't know it's been a little to me, and and I have a very different opinion of what preseason is or should be compared to to you guys, but to me, it's, it's annoying seeing, you know, hosting Gustav, and I like these guys, they look good, but I put their probability of making the team and not getting claimed on waivers or like assigning them or whatever at so low, like we are going to waive these guys and someone else is going to claim them like what, what's we're so, the point of, of playing them all this time like all we're doing is what showcasing them so other teams can, uh, can take them
2: like what's the point here we're so scarred from in the past like <laughs> do teams just like watch our guys only mm-hmm. and just say like oh this guy's going up on waivers he's on the leaf so he must be
0: good
1: 100 yeah.
2: i mean i do want to talk a
0: little bit about Ilya Mikheyev because you know I I ripped into the guy pretty hard like a week <laughs> ago or two weeks ago when, when he came out that he wanted to trade it's be honest I'm still a little bitter against him but now seeing him play I've I've loosened up a little bit but here's the thing he looks so good out there. So you're good. right, Steven. You could see the hustle. He is in on every play. He's making sweet passes. He's getting great chances. And you know what he's doing with those chances? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> he's doing literally nothing. He hasn't scored a goal yet. He's probably had more chances hey, hey. than any other Leaf to score, and he has not scored a goal.
2: You're talking about shootout king, Ilya Makaia.
0: Yes, that's true. He did score the shootout. That was, that was pretty fun to see. But, but hear, hear me out here. Do you remember... When Sheldon Keefe first took over for the Toronto Maple Leafs, his first game, he literally walked in his dressing room and said, what the heck, guys? We are getting Tyson Berry a goal. Because uh-huh. at that point, Tyson Berry had not had a goal all season. He said, we're going to get this guy a goal. And you know what happened? Tyson Berry got three goals in three games. I, was, I think those were the only the only goals he scored all season. I was
1: there, I was there for the, the second goal he scored. Right. And it was a nice right, one there in, in Colorado. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's
0: the thing what they need to do is say in these preseason games, the games that don't matter is to say like, guys, I don't care if it results in goals coming back our way. Let's get Eli Mikheyev some goals, put the puck on his stick, get him some confidence so that when the season starts, he's not, you know, shooting it into the chest of the goalie or shooting it wide or whatever he does that doesn't result in goals. But like, he's so good. He, he looks so good. If he could only score, he would be a top six forward.
2: Maybe he needs to change his stick or something. Remember like John Tavares last year changed his stick halfway and it's like the goals just started coming. Get him to talk to Spezza. He's all about that stick. So I was, yes. reading,
1: I was reading an article about Ilya Mikheyev on Maple Leaf Hot Stove, which is a, a kind of cool sight if anybody's Jones in for content. Um, and they were talking about Mikheyev and that he, they remind him uh, in, in a lot of ways of Hyman before he kind of got that finish. 'Cause I do remember those years, the Babcock years when, you know, we'd have Hyman up on that top line and it was a similar thing where he'd do a lot of the Hyman things of, you know, working hard in the quarters, getting the puck to the big guys, but he had no finish. And to a degree, it feels like Ilya Mikheyev's in that point. And I wonder if if he's going to slot in the top if he keeps this hustle up and everything else aside from the scoring, if that's still enough to get him into the top six. So yesterday, what day is it today? The second? Two days ago, um he, he was practicing on the second line with Tavares and Nylander. I don't know. I, that, that, that spot, though, right? We, we, we know that like, you, you need to be the guy with the hustle that can get the puck in the corners to the guys who you know get, give it to Nylander and Tavares in space. And I wonder if that's where is going to slot in. He, he, look, he looks like he's got the speed and everything else to do that job right now, but you're right. There's no finish still to his game. I don't know.
2: One one name we haven't talked about yet, uh, David Camp. Oh yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's, I'm getting shades of uh, Mike Babcock, would always go out of his way to talk about Zach Hyman because people would say like, oh, how about that top line about Matthews and Martin? It's like, no, that's the Hyman line. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the same way K- 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 keith is going out of his way and saying like oh yeah i d- really like david camp tonight and like we feel like could put him out on like a- against any competition and like mm-hmm. they're they're going out of their way to kind of hype him up because he's not quite as flashy as some of the other guys but
1: well he's already guys- he's already scored a goal tim so that's i think higher like crazy and you were going to get was him. that the goal where like it was, the, it
0: was the Ottawa goalie just like flubbed it and yes. it's like did yes, he touch yeah. the puck <laughs> that was pretty funny
1: yeah my takeaway from David camp is uh the preseason is not the place where we're gonna assess his game right his we're gonna assess his game once it comes to you know night one or two when he's coming up against some of the top lines in the NHL sure um but Actually, against night one and two is Ottawa and Montreal. So
0: they're the same players we've seen so far. <laughs> Brady
2: Kachuk still doesn't have a contract. Is oh, Ottawa not know no, if I they know they why, to reach Tim. the floor?
1: I actually know why. why so I was, because uh, I'm boots on the ground here a little bit. Brady Kachuk is not Michigan? on the ground he, in Ottawa. He hasn't signed <laughs> his contract yet. He doesn't actually know how to write cursive. And so they're <laughs> teaching him that. <laughs> You're right. It's, it is remarkable. Um, One
0: thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, no, I'm just making. I was gonna say one thing quickly (laughs) about since
0: we were talking about case. Um, I think it's weird. Sorry, since you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Kasha. Kasha. Camp is who I was thinking of since you're talking about Camp and Kasha is who I was gonna speak to. They put those two on the same line, and I thought Kasha was supposed to be like more of a offense ahead of defense kind of player. Like he's of all our free agents, he's the only one who's had a 20 goal season, and we're putting him on this defensive third line because that's what all the line combos every time that they've played they've been together Mm -hmm. on the third shutdown lines why is kasha going there well let's get it richie never scored
2: 20 goals wow he has not scored many goals interesting
1: let's get into the lines a little bit then because you bring up a really good point that but the more I watch this, the more I'm confused. Maybe that's why <laughs> they gave Sheldon Keith the extensions. Like he's pulling all these late nights trying to figure out who the heck's going to play where. Because <laughs> no, you guys are totally right. That like I'm I'm out here saying that Ilya Mikheyev might be, he's practicing with the second line. They're obviously auditioning for that spot. But like feels like the third line is this wasteland of talent, right? Where they're not yeah. going to let any pucks in. But like I don't want anybody playing that. I feel like I just want to clone David Camp three times because. Um, You know, we've still got a, we still have a fourth line, right? That like, where, where's the, off? like, should Kasha Kasha be down there playing with like Spetsa and I don't know, Engval and no, you're totally right that it feels like they're, they're potentially going to be misusing Kasha.
0: I mean, Engval hasn't even played, like, I think he's dealing with a little bit of an injury, so he hasn't even played in any of the preseason games. So
1: we don't even know if he was healthy,
0: would he be slotting in ahead of some of these guys? We don't even know where he fits and keep step chart. Yeah,
2: I think this this injury is like really big for Engval because Engval, I don't know, like so he so he's one of someone who would have to go through waivers if he doesn't make the cut. Like it's him and Brooks are kind of are kind of the big two, as well as like obviously Gusevins. Brooks, who scored a
0: really nice goal in the blue and white game. Did you guys watch any of that? I did not. He like swung around and just roofed it. Top daddy. Oh, it looked good. I would so much um, rather have Adam
2: Brooks it, than. Anyways, but like if you, if you're the staff, it's like how do you judge Engvall against these other guys? It's like <laughs> it's hard Engvall because he's been so up and down. Like sure he's been versatile, but where he's played, he had like that really good offensive stretch at the beginning that people were like over the moon about him. About then he went through a McKeever level of drought, and then he kind of turned it around. And I don't, I don't know. Like you Are could you- probably flip him for a late pick rather than losing to waivers, but I think he would be claimed. I used to be a lot
0: higher on Engvall than I am now. Now I think he's a luxury we can't afford. I don't think we can afford a thirteenth forward who makes one point two five million.
1: Well, and and the position that he plays, they shored up a lot of that in the offseason because now you have where it used to feel like he was the option for third line center, right? If if Kerfoot got moved up or if there was an injury, now it's like we have David Camp, we have Kerfoot, we have Spezza, Um, you're totally right. Maybe, maybe we can finish up chatting about these free agents and then rap about some lines and argue with each other. Cause how have we not talked about Michael bunting, baby? Oh my goodness. Mr. <laughs> <Four laughs> I have so many thoughts about Michael bunting. You can't ignore it. I know it's just preseason. Like it's just preseason Four four goals. And, and in, in the hat trick game, um, two of them were not beauties, right? I mean, you had a tip, which is, a tip's not easy to get, but it was a, it was a tip. Um, a just batting the puck in, and, and the goalie was coming across. If he didn't rip that thing immediately, it was going to get saved. But he had a nice one. All three on the uh, on the power play. I mean, I, I know we're, we're all uh, um, we're all hyped up on our new guy. Uh, uh, oh gosh, oh
2: Carberry, yeah, uh, Stephen
1: Carberry. But, but can we hire Michael Bunting to run the power play because he obviously knows what he's doing out there.
0: He's got I mean here, Go here's ahead. the thing like you were saying you know two of them weren't so nice but he had one nice goal. We have lots of players making 40 million dollars of a salary cap who could score those nice goals. You know who could like thread the pass cross seam and deke a guy out of his jock strap and then roof it top shelf. We have lots of guys that could do that. You know what we are, could have really used last year when we just couldn't get anything past Montreal? A nice like tip-in goal or a nice garbage in the crease shove it in goal and that's two of the goals that i like those two goals better than the nice goal that bunting scored because that's what we need Whoa!
1: that's exactly
0: what we need i literally don't care how they're going in we need those goals that are i don't know, they i know that on uh, tsn the next year that they, they call them playoff style goals and that's what they are it's the when you can't get anything through let's just shove something in the back of the net they all count the same and that's what michael Bunting's going to be there for
1: the, the question I kept coming back to, cause we still it's just preseason, but yeah, does he have finish? Because we, we were just, I was just talking about Hyman, right? And what took the Leafs top line from a really good top line to one of the very best in the NHL with yeah. Hyman on it. And it was because Hyman had finish as well. So you have obviously two of the very best players in the NHL and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and then a workhorse who has finish. And if Michael Bunting is that he, he, he's a top six player for the Maple Leafs. And that's, that's a, Huge deal because now you've just replaced you know your Zach Hyman with a younger, much cheaper player. Uh
2: <laughs> what's sad, he's not even that much cheaper. Hyman was making like two million Oh, yes. Year. I'm saying but
1: to what Hyman's making right now. You know oh, what I'm yes. saying? Like like what what it would have cost to, to bring him back. Because that was the question the whole time we were sending him away was well, we can only afford to lose Hyman if if we can potentially potential we, we gotta replace him, right? And I don't know. What have
0: you guys thought of, of Nick Ritchie so far? I haven't, I mean, the, granted he hasn't played with Matthews and Marner, just like Brooks and Marner, which is a huge difference than what the line will be. But I haven't seen anything for Richie that made me go like, oh, that's why he's worth two and a half million.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I have, I, I don't have much to say. From him and I well, know, exactly, had... that's the problem. Well, yes, yeah, yes. so what I'm, what I'm saying is like right now, I feel like we're, we're sitting here making cases for everybody else to slot into those, those crucial spots in the top six, and nobody's got a reason to throw Nick Ritchie up there, but it feels like he's going to be up there. He was practicing up there a- alongside Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner uh, a couple days ago. I mean, maybe it's something as simple as. Another team offered him three million to come
0: and Duba said to him, we're going to play you with Matthews and Marner come here for two and a half. And he said, okay, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it's maybe the, it's the, the same Jumbo promise. Joe exactly the same promise he made to Jumbo Joe. And so he'll get the first like 15 games up there until he doesn't do anything. And then we'll put bunting up there and Kerfoot can go on the second line and Richie can go on the third line. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see me. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he starts. I also wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't stick.
1: So let's talk about, can we talk about lines? Yes. Yeah. To- so okay, I mean, we so, haven't talked
0: about any of our our defensemen really. Do we want to talk about like Sandin or Lilligren first, or keep it to forwards?
1: Let's let's well,
2: let's oh, talk yeah. about the forward lines first, and then we uh, part two we can. All talk right, about what lines defense. you got, Steven? So
1: oh, well, well, so let's 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 do what we think the Leafs are doing right now, and then fit, and then fill in. So if we can just assume that, despite how we feel about it, Nick Ritchie is playing on that top line, right? So it's mm-hmm. Nick Ritchie, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner. So you've got yep. your second line. You already know Tavares and Nylander is there. Who do you guys think right now ends up slotting alongside them?
0: Beside Tavares and Nylander?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I think it's bunting. I don't think, I think there's it's... even much of a conversation that it's going to be bunting right now.
1: Tim?
2: Yep, concur. I think Definitely it's bunting game one. as well. Okay, you don't so score
0: now... four goals on that line with
1: them and be removed for someone else. <laughs> All right, so then third line. That one's more tricky. That, that one is tricky because I, I, because I think da- we, we, sorry, didn't, br- we didn't bring up at all on that second line the possibility of Alex Kerfoot mm-hmm. playing wing right mm-hmm. there. So if you go down to the third line, we're going to assume that David Camp slots there. Maybe it yep. ends up being fourth line for him and he's really just coming out there in defensive situations. But let's- uh, I, do,
2: I do think we'll have a bit of a 3A and 3B lines. Like, I think the third line will be more focused on defensive. Like that's what David camp. And then the fourth line with, with Jason Spezza gets a little more offensive usage as well. Like rather than jumbling both
1: of them. So who's the uh, names, give me the names on that third line, Tim. I think you get
2: Kerfoot camp and Kasha. We will need a better nickname than the KKK line. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then the bottom line, I mean, Spezza has to be there. He's a lock. Uh, simmons ugh, i go back and forth like is oh, are they weird. gonna play him every game i hope not yeah. I, I also remember I, like is my memory of him tainted last year because he's like injured and then like <laughs> yeah.
0: he- Tim, if you just watched episode one of the the all or nothing show kit do you remember how good spezza was at the beginning of the season before he got injured he was loves- scoring goals he scored two goals in the game that he got injured in like he'll Simmer. he'll be fine. He will that be was against, fine.
2: That was against Vancouver. They don't count.
0: Although, to be uh, fair, actually in the preseason so far, I've I've been a little disappointed with Simmons. I haven't really seen anything from him. But well, maybe well, it's he, it's because mainly it's the young guys in preseason who go all the way and the old guys just kind of like go through the motions.
2: Yeah. And then for the last spot, it's like so you have Angval. I don't think Brooke makes a cut. Uh oh McKayev. I think McKay is gets that fourth that last spot. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, but but then I go back and say like McCabe requests a trade in the off season, and then Duba says, "No, you're a huge part of this team. I'm not going to trade you." Is he going to put him on the fourth line? See, but then but it's that, like,
0: that, but here's the thing: I I agree with you on the third line that it will be Kerfoot and Camp on the wing and center, respectively. Like that last year, Sheldon Keefe wanted that defensive third line, and like Kerfoot was a big part of playing center to that, but he really likes Kerfoot on the wing. So put, to put Kerfoot on the wing of that defensive third line, I think makes sense. Even though now, it looks like all signs are pointing towards Kasha being that third line right winger, doesn't it make more sense to put Mikheyev over there on the defensive line and Kasha, our 20-goal free agent signing, goes on the fourth offensive line with Jason Spezza? Like, I have no idea how that doesn't make more sense.
1: I, I agree. Where I, I think we're creating a bit of a logjam with, with the Nick Ritchie on the top line, because I feel like I, I like the Leafs lineup maybe more if we, we have, I'm going to, I'm going to throw bunting on the top line mm-hmm. with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner Kerfoot on the wing of the second yep. line. And then you put Ritchie camp yes. on the third line. Amen. <laughs> and then the, and then right. Your, your fourth line's Kasha Spetsa and um, oh gosh, Simmons. Yeah. 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 Simmons or engball i i I tend to think i i don't think simmons is going to be in the lineup every night i i I think that's how it's going to roll but um those lines
0: you just said steven are perfect that's exactly the lines i would want
1: so which unfortunately leaves
2: nicky rob and the minors again but yeah I, i think he's just like when you're when you have so few guys that are waiver exempt and you can go down for free yeah it's just like that's And And we're going to have
0: injuries this year. He's going to be the guy who comes up when someone goes down.
1: Specifically Kasha. And I know that's just a fourth line spot, potentially maybe third line, but he, he's a guy who has not been able to stay on the ice at all. And so if he goes out and somebody else is going to go out, could be me in October. I was just telling you guys about, I always get hurt every October, right? Could be me. Nikki Rob comes into the podcast and fills in, but otherwise. Well, I I like the last. Go ahead, I, like the, I like those lines that I just listed off a lot more than what we might be looking at with Nick Ritchie on the top line.
0: Last season in the first 10 games, Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons both got injured. So like it, it happens. We're going to see Nick Robertson in the lineup this year because we will have injuries. Now, you Remember how weird it was last year when no one from our defense got injured all year? <laughs> like we just had a perfect record until game six of the playoffs when Muzzin went down. Ooh. But like it, it happens, and and that's what guys like Engvall, like Robertson, even like Brooks are there for. They're they're there to to take the
1: load when our guys go down. And to go back to go back to Kerfoot, um, luxuries we can't afford. If he's on that third line, we're talking about three (laughs) and a half million dollars to a defensive line, you know, winger where he's not even necessarily like the stud defensive player on it, right? He's Mm -hmm. you know he I don't know that he'd be the name we're saying night in and night out so don't forget about
2: pk as well like Kerfoot is a big part of the pk
1: yeah but all the same we
0: we dumped um Johnson and Kapanen because we couldn't afford three and a half million dollar third line players and it was different for Kerfoot because he was our our center and we were desperately in need of centermen. but if he's a winger I'm kind of with Steven like that's that's a lot of money to pay your third line winger
2: we lost Jared McCann for Alex Kerfoot.
1: Well, yeah, that was the other thing. I haven't watched All or Nothing yet, um, but I was watching the the really cool Leaf, uh, what is it called? The, the blueprint? blueprint? The thing, they yeah, where they're, they're, they were talking about that, right? How um, the priority was keeping Kerfoot, but being mm-hmm. able to go 4 by 4 in the expansion draft, and mm-hmm. so, it, I don't know, it just seems very weird to then just th- throw him right there. Well, here's on, the on thing. The he,
0: line, he, here's so. the unique thing about Kerfoot if and maybe this was directly from the playoffs last year when we did lose John Tavares but if Tavares or Matthews goes down the only player on our team who can sub into a top six center role is Kerfoot like anyone else goes there and it's instantly not a second line or not a first line Mm -hmm. so so he is like even though you never want to see Matthews or Tavares get injured but Matthews was hurt last year and he had a bum wrist for a lot of it and Tavares obviously went down the playoffs it happens and and you need to be prepared so maybe Kerfoot is just that emergency break glass in case of and you know he works in the top six so maybe maybe he's like the one luxury that we can have the three and a half million dollar third liner who can move up if needed
2: and here's the thing in the playoffs last year there were certain some players that showed up more than others Kerfoot showed
1: up yeah he looked really good Kerfoot has gotten better. This will be his third season with the Leafs. He's gotten better every year yeah, since he's true. been here, right? That is true. And so I I look forward to seeing the next step that he takes in his game, um, liking him more and more. So, and some, some other, you know, you'll hear some analysts talking about flexibility in the lineup too, and having guys that can move up and down. And it definitely feels like after having this discussion that we have that, right. We, mm-hmm. so there's, there's a bit of that. Um,
0: all right. Should we talk about defense and then goalies? We haven't even talked about Peter Mrazek yet. The yeah. guy's been
1: perfect. I'm imagining let's- Tim being like, "You classic Leafs fans, you talk about the <laughs> offense for a half hour, you forgot the defense."
0: All right let's let's talk about some let's talk about some defense. Who who has stood out to you guys so far in the three games that we've had?
1: Um, the Riley Dermott pairing stood out as being bad, <laughs> and Jake it's- Muzzin stood out as looking good.
0: Jake Muzzin looks fantastic. I love. He Jake looks Muzzin. really good. I yeah. love Jake Muzzin. Yeah. And like Brody looks good. Sandine, I think his first game looked okay. And the next game he played in, which I think, I don't think he played the next one. So against Ottawa, I thought he looked really good. So I, he's kind of like, I guess, amping up as, as the preseason is going on, but I, I am fully in the camp that I want Sandine to be quarterbacking PP1. I think he
1: looks great back there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but, but then the, the, they're shuffling and I know it's preseason. So it, it, they're just doing it because you might as well, right. You might as well see what else, you know, l- what works when the the lineups don't matter. But I really, really, really think you don't, you don't change it up. It fe- I still, it still feels like a log jam. The fact that, that Dermot's on this team, um, but he doesn't, he, he's not going to be in the top four. He shouldn't be playing with, with Riley. It's Brody up there.
0: Right. But I don't think that Keith's plan is to, the come game one is to make it sandine or rather, uh, Riley and, and Dermot. Like, I, I think that it will go, it worked so well last year. Yeah. It's going to be Riley Brody. It's going to be Muzzin Hall. Like, that's why we spent, like, there was such a focus on protecting Hall because he was such a big part of our team, you know, like that pairing. Yep. And then the third pair is Dermot Sandine. Although, what will be interesting about Dermot is this will be the first season, presumably, that he's going to be his, like, I guess, primary position is playing his off wing. Assuming well, Sandine gets his, his regular shot.
2: What, what's interesting that they were interviewing Dermot about that. And he said like, yeah, TJ Brody has been giving me a lot of pointers. Like TJ Brody, even though we lock him in the right side and he's played the right his whole mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. is a left shot. So like it actually works out like really well that like TJ Brody's there to kind of show him the ropes of uh, love it. things I watch love out for how to play. And yeah, no, that was, that was good to hear. But all of this is not good to hear for a certain Timothy Lilugren, who, uh who is an actual right-hand shot. And
0: hasn't uh, looked that good in the preseason uh, so far.
2: I mean he's looked fine he's, he hasn't looked good enough to like demand an NHL spot, but at the same time he's he's not going to bump Travis Dermott So that's what you Joe. want
0: like I feel like it's been so long for Lily Grant. don't you want him like at this point knocking on the door? We have such a shortage of mm-hmm. right-handed defensemen. He's like our only one and he can't uh-huh. he, he, he I'd rather have Dermot playing his off wing on that third pair that the Lilligren, it is not close. It's like
1: Lilligren is... the, without a doubt, the most important Timothy in my life without <laughs> a doubt. Ryan, would you agree? Uh,
0: t- definitely.
1: Definitely the top two. What, what it feels like to, does he use cat friendly <laughs> <laughs> with, um, with, with Dermot, though, still being on this team and yeah, primarily playing the right side is something I was reminded of is, you know, Justin Hall. This is a big season for him, mm-hmm. right? And after this season, I don't know if we're going to keep Justin Hall around. If
0: I, well, I no, he's two he, We get in two more yeah, years.
1: Yeah. Oh, this season and next season. <laughs>
2: this this year UFA is Jack Campbell, Morgan Riley, Ilya Mikheyev.
1: I gotta do my research. Um,
2: and then technically, Sandine needs a new contract this year. Mm-hmm. Kasha Engvall.
1: I have a R- lot of RFA's. these thoughts, like when I'm in the shower, right, about Leafs rosters, and nobody's there to correct me um so (laughs) i'm like thank
0: you for not calling us from the shower
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so no but you you guys are totally right that i I don't know what happens to Ilya grid how old is he now like 22 21
0: (laughs) which is young for a like defensemen are typically a little older when they come into the league than than forwards are but i don't know it feels like it, do you remember when Lily okay. Grin was our high, most highly touted defenseman, and then just Sandine passed him and never looked back? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
2: I, I think it, the problem with Lily Grin is that he has the physical tools to do it, but the problem is that his decision making is sometimes Slow. just a split decision a split behind. So, like in the AHL, you look good; like he looks too good for the AHL, mm-hmm. but that'll burn you in the NHL. Like I remember someone put together a good montage and showed that, like, the you have a window for the perfect pass. And then the split second later, it's gone. And then he has to circle back and it's like that's that's all it takes. And mm-hmm. so, so do you
0: think that based like we need to be getting lilygren NHL reps?
2: Like is the AHL is not so. doing
0: anything for him anymore?
2: I, I think so. Like I I think part of part of him is like uh yeah, yeah, I think getting NHL reps would do a big a a lot for him this year. Not that I would ever like want an injury to happen to our defense, because like I d I don't think he's currently as good as any of the six that we have in there but i think for his progression if dermot got injured you wouldn't cry about it <laughs> i would yeah i mean like that would be your make or break moment for timothy winston Lily mm-hmm. tim's
1: mm-hmm. got to stick together they do the tims so, but stick together well well and la- last year right dermot was not in the lineup every single night and 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 maybe we're foolish to just assume that he will be because at the end of the day, I think the Leafs have a really good shot to make the playoffs, regardless of if it's Lilligren or Dermot on that third pair. And maybe the Leafs look to that as, you know, let's get Dermot in, or, or sorry, let's get Lilligren in, you know, maybe one or two nights a week. And then the other ones go to Dermot and, and, and we try it out for a little while on, on that third pair. But it just feels like a lot of responsibility for also a basically new rookie, you know, full timer yeah. in the Grasp Sandine, right? To be like, all right, you know, we're going to give you a rotating cast every single night. So mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Dermot did play 51 of 56 games last year.
1: Yeah. It was just at the beginning. It was like
0: him rotating in and out with, uh, with Lettenen before we finally. Tra-
2: and then in the playoffs, Lettinen it with... was him and Sandin. And do you
0: guys remember who we traded Lettinen for?
2: <laughs> do you remember Steven?
0: Viva line. Viva Viva He's God. He is God. <laughs> all right. Goalies. Speaking of, that was a great segue by myself, by the way. Goalies. Let's talk about them. What do you guys think?
2: They were there. Didn't they, were there. they didn't get I hurt. I don't think. I don't have. Hutch great has spots. been there. Okay.
0: Well, let's talk about Peter Mrazik. He's our, you know, we talk about all our other free agent signings. This was the biggest one. This was our biggest free agent signing. Peter Mrazik comes in. He plays half of our second game against Montreal, the second half. And then he played, did he play the whole game against Ottawa? I think he did. I think he did. And anyway. he gets a shout out against Ottawa. I think he led in one goal against Montreal. What do you guys think of your first impressions of Peter Mrazek? Uh.
1: <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> it's uh, what well, th- th- this reminds me though, of uh, th- what we were talking about with camp for like, like I have a hard time evaluating him in the, in the preseason with these weird rosters in front of him. I know that, I know that's not like a great podcasting right there, but I, yeah. And I was going to say, like, I don't really have like any, he hasn't really stood out. I think he had, he had that one, like
2: fun glove, like windmill save, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he had a couple of those against Montreal, a couple of nights. Nice yeah. But like, he hasn't had to steal us any preseason games, but he also hasn't like let in any stinkers that cost us games. So I suppose mm-hmm. that's, that's good. Um Yeah, no, I think, whereas like very much will kind of be like a wait and see over the sample size and like, uh, but yeah, it, yeah it's it hasn't hard really to say. Right. I
0: feel like, I feel like for goalies, they like take a little bit of time to get into it. And he doesn't seem to need that. Like he's looked totally fine. It's a little hard though. Like, cause you know, like two games, Michael Hutchinson has looked great in the games that he's played so far as well. That tells you nothing. So like, it's, it's a little, maybe a little too small of a sample size to see what, uh what, what he's looking at. Even the quality of shots he's facing, you know, like we have Josh Hosang out there. The other teams have their versions of Josh Hosang out there. So it's not like every shot he's taken is from Connor McDavid. So we'll
1: we'll, we'll wait no, and
0: see. I guess the jury's still out on Peter Morazzick.
1: There's been no stinkers, right, being let in. Like yep. that that's nice to see, right? That he's not letting this Josh Hosang, you know, <laughs> we're just burying Josh Hosangs of the world here, but you know, walk walk <laughs> in there and just rip one past him and, and Morazzick looks horrible. So I mean the shutouts nice to see. Um Campbell's what, what,
0: what, let in a few a few weaker ones I thought but like same story I don't put too much too much into preseason goaltending like we'll we'll see what it is when the games really count
1: well these goalies they have a lot to think about like they're wondering and who's gonna be playing on that bottom six or the or the sorry the bottom <laughs> pair for defense and mm-hmm. you know they really gotta Eat give really no a them. grin a look
0: I tell you that second game Montreal got so many breakaways and like Josh, the number of times Josh Anderson and no one between him and our goalie was ridiculous
1: yeah burlington boy josh anderson all right still not picking him to make the playoffs though so i good discussion about the about the leafs a critical second look um so i i guess like after three three
2: games into the preseason would you say you're higher on the ufa guys lower or we knew exactly what to expect back then because we're that smart
1: the only guy we had really, really positive things to say about was Michael Bunting, right? Because it's it's been hard to get a gauge on on Richie and Kasha and, and Camp, but r- right now I'm feeling very good about uh the the, the signings and, and the team as well. I'm pretty high on the team right now.
0: Yeah, I mean I was definitely higher on the Mrazic signing than you guys were at the time. And you know, like we were just saying, jury's still kinda out, so we'll see how that one pans out. But I'm, I'd say I'm, I'm sharing Steven's confidence. Like I think we, we look good and, and tell you after watching that first all or nothing episode of feeling good about Sheldon, keep behind the bench, everyone who's listening to this podcast, watch the all or nothing. So you can enjoy talking about it with
1: us. Yeah. Next, next time episode. you hear this from us, fun. uh, we're going to be chatting about all or nothing. We, we weren't sure if we needed to do it right away because like, is the entire GTA going to be streaming this thing in one night? or five hours we'll we'll hopefully get together here pretty soon uh the godfather sent me an email yesterday about that he said steven there you go there's this new series on amazon prime gotta check it out but yeah to
0: answer the question i'm i'm feeling good i think i like our pickups i i would say that i'm probably they're meeting my expectations i really liked bunting when he was signed and he's looking great didn't really like richie when he's signed, and he's just looking okay so we'll we'll see when uh when games start how that changes you can set a first impression set a tone for yourself pretty early on do you remember game one of last year when wayne simmons had that fight and all of leave nation was like finally <laughs> this is why we have wayne simmons and that's like one game in so all
1: it takes is one moment to set that impression um i got one question for both of you guys mm-hmm. what what do you still need to see pick one player what do you still need to see from them this preseason Hmm. we got three games left. Is there one guy uh, I, I can go first, give you guys a second to think it's Nicky Robb for me because hmm. I think he's got a good shot to, if he could really show out here, he'll be too good to not play in the leaves, right? He'll be too good. And so I, I want, I want to see if he can do that over the next uh, couple of games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the mm-hmm. one that I first thought of as well. Just like it's similar to Lily grin. You're watching Nick Robertson out there and nothing about him is demanding that he gets an NHL spot. Like he looks like the 13th forward out there. And, and I want to see more from him than that. So yeah, I agree with you that, but I'll pick my own since you took mine. Thank you. I'll say, um, I'll say Kerfoot, you know, like we were saying he's, he's got better every year. I want to see him uh, show that, that he's got it, either in that defensive role or in the top six to show that he deserves that spot beside Nylander and Tavares. I, I want to see more from Kerfoot over the ice. Cause I, He's just looked okay so far.
2: Yeah, as far as Robertson goes, I think he get like two goals a game for the rest of the preseason. I think he's still starting the year with <laughs> Wait, the You mean the like HL. Michael Bunting from grade 9 math? Let's
1: go Michael Bunting. Who's having a better late <laughs> September in the GTA than Michael Bunting? I'll tell okay. you who. It's the um the Twice the Deal Pizza that's next to Cousin Gordon's new house. They're making a killing.
2: <laughs> there you go. Making a killing. Um yeah, we'll see see what he does and uh so is Nick Robertson your name as well Tim? That's who you're looking at? Well, no, I, I think I think like uh I think he's just going to the AHL anyways. So I'm not really looking at him too much. Po- sorry for the kid, but like I think he's still like the top of the That's,
0: the garish, that's the a our plans.
2: Yeah. So I think he's still in the AHL so I'm not as concerned about him and where he, where he fits up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh Maybe maybe it's Rasmus Rasmus Sandin. Like I don't think i don't know no i can change it josh hosang is the guy to watch oh. these guys want contracts and he needs to prove that he is worth the 13th forward spot mm. it's so hard though like you could put a boot on the line with
0: john Tavares, and they look great like uh, see seeing how good he looked on that line with with Tavares and bunting like does that does that mean much you know what i mean
2: Everyone looks good with John Tavares. Yeah,
0: so, like, I feel like you got to see him on a line with, like, Jace Camp Tamaris. and Kerfoot or something and see, like, what he can do to... Because when the regular season starts, he's not going to be taking William Nylander's spot on that line. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right, I would boy. also say um, Nick Ritchie would be another... If I, if I was allowed two names, Nick Ritchie would be the other one. You know, yeah, it shows so anything. Like, yeah like show show me why you're worth two and a half million show me why you deserve that spot with marner and in, in uh matthews so far we haven't seen it
1: well we need a little bit extra from the guys that played for the Bruins, right we need a we need a little bit extra like yeah. you're here in toronto now but i tell you that
0: i i don't recognize kasha because kasha the other one came from the bruins right? yeah yep yeah. i don't well, recognize he, his face but when i see nick ritchie i like I see the Boston Bruins uniform and I, I still don't like it. It's going to take me a while to get to rinse that from my
2: mind. Kasha played a total of nine games. Actually, it's funny. He played 11 playoff games, nine regular season games. What if uh,
1: what if Nick Ritchie drops the gloves with Nick Felino in the first game against the Bruins this year? Give me a break. I'll buy a jersey of him if he does that. <laughs> I'm still salty about Felino. All right, we wrap it up. I think it's good. Alright people interesting things are happening. I'm excited. Yep. Three more games, the leaf season's like just about ten days away. Follow us on Twitter, email us at theleafscastspot at gmail.com. What I want you
0: got